Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. the gates and ready to go hot mic underway the thursday edition is here sixth and peabody our location with yeehaw beer and old smoky moonshine jam-packed show the commander's new ownership is about to take over we'll have details in just a bit trey wallace from outkick.com will join us in 20 minutes the latest on the southeastern conference and more including what's the future quarterback after anthony richardson has head, headed to the draft in Florida. We'll we'll discuss that in the Gators program with Trey. A.J. Perez, front office sports, with the details on Josh Harris and his ownership group purchasing the Washington Commanders from Dan Snyder. That's coming up at the end of the hour, plus Armando Salguero and Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. She will join us in hour number three. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hudden. I was very excited when I looked up at the TV monitor in front of us today, and I realized for the first time this season, I am equally as tan as you are after being outside as much as I have. So the time has arrived where I finally caught up to Hutton's tan, and we're equally as tan. After mowing mowing the yard this morning outside, and uh, finally my bronzer, also bronzer and toner, has finally worked in conjunction (laughs) with the sun and the vitamin D, and I've arrived at a place where I'm as... I'd say almost as tan as you are. So I, uh, here we are. Let's go. Let's you mentioned go. vitamin D. I once had a low D problem. You did. Very it, low D. It was not low T. Uh, <laughs> I thought for a moment it may have been. And it uh, turns out I had no vitamin D in my body. I was, I was convinced you had lupus. I thought you may have had <laughs> some sort of anemia. Uh, we were at the uh, yeah, we're Combine in Indy, in Indy yeah. which the Combine in Indy, for those that haven't been there, the weather's never good. It's always gray and about 24 degrees. Disease-filled So city. it does take a lot out of you. Everyone yeah. leaves there ill in some way. So I thought it was just more of the morose season of February and being in Indy that was bringing Hutton down. And he wouldn't, <laughs> couldn't even go out to dinner. You know, we're like making dinner plans. Like, guys, I just don't know if I can make it. I'd yeah. probably just stay back here and prep for tomorrow. And I'm thinking, this is very unlike Hutton. And he goes to the doctor, and he's got low D. Did Vitamin D deficiency. And I was like... Tests. Did you? Is it seventeen eighty five? And you just sailed across the Atlantic? How do you have a no, vitamin I, D deficiency? They would have just drugged me outside, and executed me. Thirty four years old, uh, living you know in a in a modern society. <laughs> I didn't know that this was a, a thing. Hutton had scurvy for a time, apparently. Yeah. So, but you made it through. So, congrats. I did. And at that time, I was also binge watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, that that may have also been a well, but it was it was a combo. Yeah, Hutton made it through Game of Thrones in record time because of his low D. <laughs> That quick, week in with India. a quickness. Hey, uh, so congratulations to the NFL owners because Dan Snyder has agreed in principle to sell the Washington Commanders for $6 billion, the asking price, to Josh Harris, owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. Uh, there is another billionaire investor also included in this ownership group as well as Magic Johnson. And they have the funds to pull off what is a, a, a great news day for the rest of NFL ownership because they didn't vote Dan Snyder out. They could have. They didn't. And meanwhile, they still get Daniel Snyder out 
while allowing him to choose who he's going to sell the team to without setting a precedent of voting an owner out of the fraternity, which is what every one of those owners is worried about. Every one of them has something behind the scenes, and some of them are way more public than others, and way worse, probably. But you think, like, Jerry Jones wants Dan Snyder voted out? No, because then you end up having 75% vote for the next, the next disagreement that comes up, or the next time that something is not great for the shield of the NFL. Chad, we discussed this a year ago, that they were never going to vote him out, but they ousted him anyway, and they did it on his terms, but they still get it done in a time frame that I was surprised by, quite frankly. I thought he was going to dig in and not allow uh, anyone to tell him what to do or what he could not do as an owner of the commanders. But keep in mind, he's been suspended from that. His wife's been the, the acting owner, quote-unquote. He moved out of his office, what, 200 or so days ago now, and now he sells. And, and you know, as a parting gift, he gets $6 billion to leave the NFL. And all of, the, all of the teams, by the way, their value goes up because now we have a new record sell in the league. Last year was 4.6 with the Denver Broncos. Now it's six bill. And Seattle's it's, up next. It's a great day for the NFL to get rid of this, <clears throat> this Daniel Snyder problem. Um, I'll also say that I, I don't know that I'm ever going to be completely comfortable um, until this guy's dead in terms of him being a secret keeper for everyone in the league. If he is, if he is in fact well, been paying security people and those to monitor other owners, he's such a loose cannon. I'm not, I'm not advising them do anything about it. I'm just saying, who, who knows? Like, they could say one thing about the report or something could get out about him now that he's sold, and he could blame some other owner and just burn it down. Every time I look at Dan Snyder, I think about the line in Batman where they say, you know, some people just want to watch the world burn and the Joker. I, I, he could be that type of guy. Now... He's got six billion reasons why he should be happy, and he can sell off into the sunset, and he got what he wanted out of it, and it doesn't look like there's going to be other big repercussions to come for him. But I don't know that I'm just sleeping completely easy thinking, well, this guy's never going to tell secrets at any point if you're you're another owner. Well, there there have been other ownership factors, right, that that have departed Washington. Uh, Fred Smith comes to mind. Yeah. He was a 30% owner at one point. And Snyder bought him out, but Smith wanted out. And, I mean, that, that's been relatively quiet. So I don't think uh, – I, I, I think there are a lot of people that could turn on him too if he were to do something like that. Yeah, it's – It's, a, it's, my, a, it's my worse only, for the league my, if he's a part of the look, league. Look, this is all good for the NFL. I'm, I'm just – I'm casting a little bit of doubt in this with Dan Snyder and what he could do in the future. My one concern if I'm one of the owners that – and I'm not saying he has something on every owner, but if I'm one of the owners right. that he's got something on or he could put something over on them, my concern, Hutton, is that he has nothing left to lose now that he doesn't have his team and he's not a part of the league. So now he could be quicker if he gets triggered in any way and his temper is set off, he could burn it down on someone else well, just because he seems to be a very petty little man. But they, and he could do that now and not fear any repercussion from the league because, hey, 
I washed my hands of it. I got my six bill and I sold my team. But he's also I'm facing, no longer a part of the shield. He's still facing that federal investigation. Right. And on top of it, the owners gave him, they just said, hey, here's, go sell the team. Do whatever you want. Just let us know whenever you choose who you're going to sell it to. They could have voted him out and he could have had less than $6 billion whenever they chose to you know, hand it over to Bezos, which they didn't do. Yeah, I'm, I'm being a little devil's advocate here, but I, I think mostly this is a great day for the league. And this Josh Harris group already, just what you see that he's done, yeah, you know, in ownership and now already, and he's from the area, it's, it's light years better. No idea what he's going to be like ultimately with the club, but he, he just it looks already like it's going to be light years better than what you got from Dan Snyder. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, too, what happens with the with the 76ers and with the Devils, because if you have ownership in other professional leagues, the major leagues in the U.S., you can't be the majority owner of an NFL franchise. So, for instance, Stan Kroenke, he owns the Denver Nuggets as well, but technically his wife owns the Denver Nuggets, not Stan Kroenke, who owns the Los Angeles Rams. They'll have to maneuver that, that, but it's still going to be the Harris ownership group that's going to be the controlling owners of all three. And uh, what, what a powerful group now. Yeah. I mean, they already were. But it's, I mean, it's tough to meet the restrictions of what the NFL demands for the certain debt that you take on to finance a team. The NFL requires that at least 30% of a team purchase right now is liquid by the controlling owner. So you have that, plus you take on the uh, debt that was raised by uh, whenever they, they financed the $900 million, I believe, whenever they bought out Arthur Smith's father, Fred, FedEx. And I, I, I marvel at the money people yeah. behind these businesses that are coming up with the ways in which these huge conglomerate business people are liquid and all of their money interest everywhere and what things are worth and what facilities they own and office complexes and everything that they could immediately get a hold of and where their liquidity lies, that is fascinating to me. And soon, a stadium. That's the next thing for the commanders. A new stadium, which means it will be state-of-the-art. A Super Bowl will be headed to the D.C. area based on that build whenever it's, it's finally done. Chad, uh, Tony Patetti, the new Big Ten commissioner, and from how you view things and seeing his background, what's the focus of the new commissioner? Well, the focus is, is on the future of the Big Ten. No, no doubt about it. But if you are in his position right now as the leader of one of the big two with the Big Ten and the SEC, I really think Batetti needs to keep an eye on what's going to happen with college sports because someone's going to have to take leadership. And if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be him and Greg Sankey. I think they are a candidate. Both of them together are candidates to figure out the future of college sports. College sports is not dying anytime soon. It's not going to go away. But it is changing. And we are at a breaking point right now of what it could be in the future. And it could be better. And it could be a heck of a lot worse. Women's sports could suffer in the future if this thing breaks the way of professional sports and they're going to take a look at it and say, we're only going to move forward with sports that make us money. If that's the case, Title IX and women's sports will be a problem at universities. These teams that make money being separate of the university in some way. 
could be a problem for college sports. I'm not saying Tony Batetti should come in and say, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to skirt my, my responsibilities here with the conference and go and be an ambassador for all of college sports. His first priority is the Big Ten. But he's got a chance to be a change agent, and he's got a chance to help shape the future of sports in college, the NCAA. He is now one of the most powerful people in all of sports. Instantly. So understand that responsibility. And I think the broad point I'm trying to make is don't look out only for yourself. There's going to be, if you do that and you constantly do that, the NFL works because they look out for the NFL knowing that they're all going to make money and profit from it. At some point, Greg Sankey and Batetti and the leaders in college sports and the head of the NCAA and NIL groups and everyone, they have to put their heads together and work in conjunction to figure out a plan to make sure college sports are exciting, are what they should be, and they're profitable for the future. And that it works for the athletes as well as the coaches and administrators and everyone else. That's on Batetti now. It's on Sankey as well. But I just don't want this to be a, I'm going to get mine, screw you, I don't care if you get yours. I'm in this for my conference only. There needs to be a little bit more of a group effort. I'm not, I'm not emphasizing communism here, but I am saying they need to look out for the good of the sports of all of these universities as a whole, and it's these two men now that can do that better than anyone else. Well, and I'm the, talking SEC commissioner and Big Ten commissioner. Well, the two that were in charge prior to Kevin Warren leaving were, of course, Warren and Sankey, and they didn't seem to like each other all that much. Nope. There it was very a, much was a, a rivalry. It very much was a kill or be killed. Yeah. Rivalry between Arms the two. Race. Yeah. And I wonder what this hire means for that, that partnership. Because you had Klavkov going to Capitol Hill with Greg Sankey. It wasn't Kevin Warren. And now I wonder if, you know, you pick up the phone and actually call Greg Sankey, if Sankey does that with him. Or does the rivalry continue and you... You press forward as is. Yeah, don't don't. But what's the what's what's the better option there? Well, don't don't be what politics in America has become, where you can't get a bipartisan solution on anything. There's going to come a time where there's going to reach a, a a crisis point in college sports where you're going to have to have a bipartisan solution. That bipartisan solution is the Big Ten and the SEC agreeing wholeheartedly on something and working to push the sports further in college and make sure everyone gets to the same conclusion they've reached. Well, I don't know how much they're bringing the other conferences with them. You know, they'll choke the other ones out if they're going to partner together. Well, I'm saying they can lift all conferences below them as well by doing what's right for college sports. There's a way where those two can lead and others will follow and not be completely left behind. But there's no denying these are the two most powerful conferences. So they're going to have to be on board with whatever good change is going to happen. And I, I, the other partnerships are interesting because with, with Patetti, I, I wonder from his time at CBS, what, what were the partnerships like with the ACC at the time, Big 12, Pac-12, and the communication he'll have with them? Again, like th this is where you, you wish you had the, the, the president of the NCAA that wasn't having to solely focus on name, image, likeness, and whether or not they're going to get sued at a federal level and have to go in front of the Supreme Court, right? Uh, that's the focus there. Meanwhile, the focus on the conferences right now is the arms race for TV and the survival rate of the other big five. But no one's really looking past 
the Power Five in the discussion. And that's where we'll see the branch, but the, the break on the branch. But I, I also wonder, is it five? Is it four? Is it three big conferences? And you, you know, swallow up some of the other programs that want to join, and then the rest are left to fend for themselves in the group that's left instead of the group of five. Yeah, and part of this may be a breaking off of a lot of different programs and, and some conferences maybe also, and maybe that's what has to happen in order to move forward and keep college sports the way we know it, at least as close to the way it was yeah, yeah. as we can. And maybe that's necessary, but it's going to take those two guys getting together and looking out not just for their own conferences, but for what's best for college sports. Chad, you watched the NBA two nights ago. Did you watch it last night? I did. How did the bets go? Not well. Okay, so the third leg of my parlay was Raptors minus five. Feeling pretty good when I looked down and saw they were up 19. And DeMar DeRozan is back. Turned over to uh, see Caruso bury a corner three to tie it for the Bulls. Wasn't as excited from that point on. Not nearly as excited as DeMar DeRozan's daughter. Yes, back with uh, Chicago and DeMar DeRozan's daughter begged to go to Toronto for the game already but what was kind of the decision between having her come and, and what was what was it like having her under under the basket there you, just- you know it's crazy um my daughter called me the other day um when she was getting out of school and she was just you know she just said dad can i can i come to the toronto game i remember going to all the toronto games when she was a kid and i almost said no because she in school back home um she kept asking. She was just adamant about coming and support. And I just said, uh, you, you can miss one day at school and, you know, come to a game. And I'm glad I did. Um, I owe some money for sure. Is <laughs> <laughs> she coming back? Uh, no, nah, she got to go back to school. school <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, nine. Chad, the scream that it's hilarious led to the missed free throw is awesome. I mean, her facial expression, too. I mean, you want to talk about full-throated passion for her dad and her favorite team. Yep. It was incredible just seeing the emotion on her face throughout that game and hearing that little girl scream. And he heard every it. Every time they, like, and they, oh, that's they were 18 for 36 from the free throw line. <laughs> 50%. That's what she calls. That was her oh. doing. And now that's going to be a thing to look for now when you see the Chicago Bulls play. Yeah, I mean, I think her school will understand that she can miss a little bit more. I think if you're a Bulls fan, you want her there at every game now. Yeah. And, it, I mean, and on the road. Yeah. Could she be a younger version of Sister Jean this postseason run for the Bulls? Did we just find a new Sister Jean with this little girl? Maybe. She can sit next to Zion Williamson, who's new, new Bulls sitting mascot. out of uh, must-win games for the Pelicans. Uh, look, there's no doubt when the dude plays, he's very good. He's averaging 25.8 points per game in his 32 minutes per game average. So when he's on the floor... He is the best on the floor. But the problem is, Chad, he's played in just 114 games in four seasons and 28 games the last two. I mean, that's, that is bust. And he sits out this one, and, of course, the Pelicans lose last night. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't need to hear how good he is when he plays. He, he never plays. Yeah, he's just hurt. He's done. Like, I, I mean, don't, look, look, we didn't say, he's already you know, got the He's got the max contract there, too. Like Greg Oden you know, was a bust because of injury, but when he, I don't know what he did when he played, but if he played a few games, it meant so bad. He was really good when he played. Well, he's a bust because he can't, he's not available. So Zion Williamson the same way. And this is one, I think about Bryce Young with everyone pointing to his size and saying, oh, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. 
there were a lot of people looking at Zion Williamson at Duke and thinking, this guy's heavy. This guy's heavy. He's going to get hurt. That's a lot of wear and tear over a lot of games if you're going to carry that much weight around. And those people are probably saying, I told you so right now. Because he, he cannot stay healthy. And he just he's just signed a five-year rookie max extension. It's worth $193 million at least. It can go up to $231 million. Uh, doesn't seem like he's going to reach those incentives, but it kicks in next year, the 23-24 season. So the money's going to be there, well, but Zion's not going to be on the floor. We should all get paid to not work. Yeah, or sent out uh, for the yep. uh, mental uh, issues or whatever else My allergies on. are bothering me a lot. I'm having to clear my throat a lot. I'm going to miss the next yeah. four weeks. Please give me all of my money that, I've, that I should or make just for the show for not doing it. can't run. Right. Coming up, Trey Wallace joins us. Anthony Richardson's going to get paid. He already knows, like, top five. It's already slotted for him where he's going to go uh, based on the, the top ten projections. He knows he's going to be a top ten pick in April's draft later this month. But what will Florida do after Richardson is now gone? We've Lose. got spring games. <laughs> We've got spring games to discuss that are coming up this weekend. Quarterback battle as well at A&M. That and more straight ahead with Trey on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Details on the sale of the Washington Commanders coming up with A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports. He'll be with us in 20 minutes. Hot Mike rolls on with Trey Wallace. Outkick.com is where you can read his work. Trey, good afternoon. Hope things are well. And uh, spring games are coming our way this weekend. Yeah, it's. I uh, hope you guys are doing well as, as also as well. I was about to say as well. Um, no, we got a spring game going on tonight in Gainesville. Uh, there is a spring game Saturday here in Columbia, uh, South Carolina, where I'm at right now. Uh, that will go down Saturday night. Spencer Rattler looking to put on a show. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's all you know. We're finally you know we're kind of here. We're kind of getting over the hump. Couple more next weekend. Prime time will be going with Dion and LSU and Nick Saban and. Um, so yeah, no, but you know, we finally made that point here. We're about to be Mount Rushmore talk. Yeah, you got that right. Uh, maybe not here, but elsewhere. Never you can on find this show. We've always vowed to never SEC. have a Mount Rushmore discussion yeah, or, yeah. or LeBron versus Jordan. Those yeah. are the two discussions oh, we've, we've outlawed from lists, this show. All these lists. It's list season, Trey. Uh, Trey, um, yeah. so let's list the quarterback options for Florida. They're slim now that Anthony Richardson is headed to the NFL and he'll be drafted in two weeks in the first round. Yeah, you know what I mean? We look at it right now, it's Jack Miller, or do they go with Graham Mertz from Wisconsin? And I think this is a situation where, you know, in talking with some coaches down at Florida, they just, you know, they don't feel comfortable right now in, in saying that one guy is out in front of the other. And, you know, Graham Mertz was was brought in for 
you know, bring in some experience into the program. Like I know Jack Miller was the bowl game starter and whatnot and, and played a little bit last season, but you want somebody in there, you know, with that veteran experience bring to the locker room. And I think, look, I think it, it could work out for Graham. Um, you know, at Florida, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is, is that, you know, it, it's difficult running this, this system. And, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, as a college football fan, that we didn't get to see more of Anthony Richardson uh, at Florida. I, I think that was the, the the biggest thing to me is, man, I would love to see another year out of him and what he'd look like uh, under Billy Napier's offense. But now going forward, it, it comes down, you know, to, to Mercer Miller. And I, and I honestly think that, you know, with Jack Miller being in the system a little bit longer, Hutton, I, I think that he's probably going to have a little bit of a leg up here. But Florida fans are going to see a number 15 tonight running around the field, and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, he looks like Tim Tebow, and, and they're going to go crazy. So that's why I just say to Florida fans, calm down, chill out. Graham Mertz is nowhere near anything like Tim Tebow. <laughs> And, uh, maybe and an we'll age. see how it plays out. Maybe yeah, age. except maybe age. And like this is, and this is, and this is one of those races uh, where it's not going to end tonight. Like this is going to yeah. end in fall camp. So something to keep it. You know, it's college football on a Thursday night. Tune in for a couple quarters. And Chad made the comment during the break. Right as we went to break, he said, "Man, the, the Florida quarterback situation and Billy Napier and what this what this team could look like or the position could look like, Chad." In, in October and November, it could get dicey. Well, at Utah, then they get McNeese at home, then they get Tennessee at home. If this thing's one and two, and you couple that with Anthony Richardson starting immediately for someone and looking good in the NFL, this could get dicey in year two. I mean, Trey, Florida fans in that university, not known for their patience uh, with football coaches there because of all the success they've had starting with Steve Spurrier, what do you think about the possibilities of this team maybe starting one and two and what that could look like for that fan base? I don't think they're going out to Utah on Thursday night, the 31st and grabbing a win. So that's a loss right there. Uh, if Tennessee gets anything out of Joe Milton and if he's anything like, you know, kind of what we saw at the end of last season, not at the beginning of 2021, uh, then that could, that that's another loss. Uh, especially if you're not getting consistent quarterback play and your defensive secondary, it's, you know, it's all whacked out. But I think, look, Florida fans are on this little situation right now where they don't know how much they trust Billy Napier. Like, he kind of says the right things. He kind of does the right things in public. You know, it's like, okay, I want to trust you. And then they go back and they look at, well, how in the world did we go what we did last season record-wise with Anthony Richardson, who's about to become a top-ten quarterback in the NFL, top-ten draft pick? Like, how does that happen? Um, I, I, I feel like right now Florida fans are in that situation where they're like, man, we really want to believe in the program, but you know what? We're not going to really buy in until we start <laughs> seeing some results on the field. So, I, you know, I don't blame them. And as for Billy Napier, you start off one and two, Chad, in the con- you know, and not in the conference, but on the season, it, it's a long hoe. I mean, look what happened with, with Jimbo last season. They dropped that yeah. game to App State, and then all of a sudden, it just curtails off. So I'm just just saying, Florida fans stay calm, but know that the next season is going to be difficult. Yeah, and and he's tried to weed out 
those on the roster he didn't want around based on the group he took over too. So it's it's a they're in flux and it starts at the quarterback position and who can prove it. You mentioned Jimbo though, Trey, and yeah. Connor Weigman in this very small glimpse. What four games? Eight touchdown passes. He threw for what nine hundred or a thousand yards in those games, and five star prospect. Maybe the most complete total package that he that that Jimbo Fisher has had since he arrived there in what twenty seventeen. But they're not naming him the starter yet. <laughs> no, and and, it, and 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 maybe maybe you give that a little bit of leeway because Bobby Petrino just came in. You know, and he's having his first spring, you know, with the quarterbacks and whatnot and the offense. I mean, maybe you get that a little bit of head nod as a reason why. Um, but if you look at the past number of years with Jimbo Fisher, guys, he he has failed the quarterback position. Um, I, and, and, and when I look at Texas A&M, I look at all the quarterbacks that aren't there anymore as well. You know, I mean, think about it. You know, last year, you know, the, the savior was going to be Haynes King entering the right. season. Yeah. Haynes King's not at Texas A&M anymore. Um, you know, Zach Calzada, the guy who beat Alabama, you know, two years ago, not at Texas A&M anymore. Like, you, there, there's like four or five guys. So I look at right now, and I look at a you know, Max Johnson, uh, we've all seen, you know, from LSU. Um, he has potential to me. That is a guy that could come in there and run Jimbo or Bobby Petrino's offense. I'll get mixed up on who's actually going to run the offense. But you, but you look at this thing overall, they can't screw this year up. Like this has to be a year that you're in playoff contention. When I say playoff contention, I mean be in the top 12 of the rankings with four weeks to go in the season where you can maybe make a run into the playoffs. Like be around. This is not the type of team that needs to go, you know, uh, uh, eight and four, seven and five. This should be a 10 and two football team. And, and I feel like with what the, like the excuse last year was where everybody was so young, our class was so young. Dude, you've been around Jimbo. I mean, Jimbo's been around College Station now for five plus years. Like the we're young excuse, that's over. That's done. You can't use that anymore. You've had a whole influx of your whole class come through and graduate. So if they did graduate. So just technically saying, like, can't use anymore. Now it's all on you. So, you know, I, I just, I got this feeling, man, and, and if things start off bad in College Station, and don't forget, they got to go to South Florida in the first two weeks of the season to play Miami. And I, I know how that game went last year in College Station, but you still got to go on the road to Miami. So I, it, it's going to be very interesting to me to see how it plays out the quarterback position for Jimbo Fisher because, damn it, he's got to get it right this time. He can't keep screwing this up because if he does, they will write him a fat check and he will be embarrassed. He'll be rich, embarrassed, and without a job. That will happen if he doesn't watch it. So I, I just – I don't know. We're going to find out. Trey, I know you mentioned you're in Columbia, South Carolina, and there's going to be a piece coming to outkick.com to check out with that trip. Um, is there a specific spring game you have your eye on for a storyline? Is there a concept they're going to go through in a spring game that's different? I, I don't honestly know what to watch anymore because some of these are just like drills. It's not really a game. 
You don't know how much you're going to see of certain young guys. Uh, what, what What is there to watch out there? Yeah, I, I think tonight, you know, Florida is going to go with a four-quarter system. They're going to have a running clock, but they're going to go four quarters. They're going to stop play with four minutes to go in each half. Okay, like that's something worth watching, just to see the quarterback kind of sling the ball around. Like, you know, it, it's real. Honestly, guys, it's different, you know, for each school, you know, and, and for each fan base, because why are you tuning in? Like Tennessee fans, you already know what Joe Milton has. If you're a Georgia fan or an Alabama fan, you're tuning in because you want to see what Brock Vandergriff and Carson Beck have. And then if you're a Bama fan, it's okay. What's Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow look like? Like this is our first public viewing of these guys. Um, and, and I think, you know, Alabama usually do, does it the normal way where they have quarters and they have you know, halftime and whatnot and come back out and blah, blah, blah. Georgia, I, I think, I'm pretty sure is doing the same thing. Um, look, it's going to be interesting for like maybe a half. That's it. And if you got a running clock, that's even better. Um, these guys are not wanting to get out there and get hurt. We all know that. Um, South Carolina, where I'm at right now, even though I won't be attending the spring game Saturday night, um, they they decided, hey, man, let's make this a whole big thing. Let, let's have a night game at Williams-Brice. Uh, let's have a big music festival outside. Spencer Rattler and, and this new offense will will be on display. Shane Beamer trying to continue, you know, drumming up support for the program, which he's done a great job at. Um, so I, I, I think there's, if you're looking at something to watch, like let's, okay, for next weekend is what folks are going to watch. And that's Deion Sanders. And they're going to watch it because this is Deion's first trip to, you know, at, at Colorado. Let's see how he reacts. Cause you know, they're going to have him on a live mic the whole game. Like, that's something that will maybe entertain folks for a spring game. But, you know, the regular old days, guys, of, of just going out there and, and, and kicking off and, and playing a number of snaps and whatnot, like, those days are over with. And I think that's why fans are getting tired of, of, of spring games and college football. So switch it up. Give us some different opponents, man. Make it worthwhile. Trey, we've got a minute left. What is it like? Yeah. What do you think it's like being Spencer Rattler in Columbia, South Carolina? I, I think it's a lot better now than what it was, you know, in the first six games of last year. I think he was probably like, why the hell did I come to Columbia, <laughs> South Carolina? Um, but I think the way that they ended last year with wins over Tennessee, Clemson, almost beating Notre Dame in that great bowl game that we saw, I think life is pretty good right now. And a new offensive coordinator, somebody that's not uh, hamstrung him a little bit, um, and Dow Loggins, I think is good. And uh, excited to be around them tomorrow. I'm gonna uh, we're gonna do a behind the scenes look at, at at some college football programs in South Carolina. Is first up on the list tomorrow. So a lot of content to come. Dowkick.com over the next week or so uh, from Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks and Spencer Rattler and whatnot. So we'll see, you guys. But I appreciate y'all having me on this. We'll episode. be reading Absolutely. it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Trey. Looking forward to that, Trey. And you can also check out the Trey Wallace podcast available now at Outkick.com. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, uh, the guest this week. You can check that out each and every week, the Trey Wallace Podcast. Trey, enjoy it, man. See you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Yep, there's Trey Wallace there. And, Chad, we transition from the SEC back to the NFL where the Washington Commanders, well, they're gonna, they have new ownership. Financial Being minute. finalized. Coming up next. Dan Snyder has decided, yes, I will take $6 billion. Josh Harris and his ownership group, they were the only ones who officially bid and have the offer that met what Snyder was looking for. A.J. Perez, uh, Front Office Sports. 
knows the details. He joins us next on Hot Mike. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reports are that Josh Harris and his ownership group have agreed in principle with Daniel Snyder to purchase the Washington Commanders. Hot Mike across the Outkick Network rolls on Hutton Withrow with you, joined by A.J. Perez. Great to have you back on, A.J. He's with Front Office Sports, senior reporter who's been all over uh, covering the, the details of the Snyder saga and the Commanders sell. Uh, we, we, last time we had you on, you told us, hey, uh, Harris right now is the only surefire bid that's fully funded, and ultimately that ends up being the case throughout. Yeah, I mean, I just finally, I just tweeted it out a second ago. I was, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's done. It's, it, it could be announced in the coming, and in, in, it's not done, done, but once we get to this point, it's, uh, it's pretty much uh, a foregone conclusion. So, yeah, it was, it's been, that, it's, we talked uh, three weeks ago at the owners' meetings. That's when I kind of was pushing back on some of the reports about this Canadian coming in. There was just nobody else. And yesterday, uh, we, we reported Bezos was out. Pratita goes on CNBC saying, he, saying that he topped out at $5.6 billion. Josh Harris is really the only one that was willing to go even close to $6 billion. It's a lot of money. And you have to really add on 3 to $4 billion to this purchase price because there's team needs a new stadium. Yes. Those aren't cheap. And the lack, just not a lot of appetite around here in D.C., the D.C. area to pay for uh, in public financing of, of, of a new stadium. That's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be, be a lot easier for Josh Harris and Magic Johnson and Mitchell Rails. And there'll be a couple of other names that attached to this ownership group that, that, that will be coming out. It'll be a lot easier for them than, than, than with Dan Snyder. I mean, Dan Snyder's, you know, could, I'm not sure many people in DC have a, have a lower, have a lower, lower approval rating. than that says a lot. Yeah, and he gets to leave with six billion, right? That's a crazy uh, d- departure fee there. Um, oh, five billion because he okay. has like six. He, 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 yeah, he does have one billion dollars in debt he has to pay back. Okay, so, but uh, yeah, was, oh, the debt that he took out to pay to to buy out the the other owners uh, a few years back. Uh, AJ Perez with us from Front Office Sports. What is Josh Harris known for as an owner? Um, and in the vetting process, of course, it, it was those behind the scenes. I think Arthur Blank was saying publicly that they didn't know very much about the sale to that point. Now, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But clearly, the owners are, are going to clear this ownership group and bring them into the fraternity, uh, as opposed to maybe some others who have tried to purchase teams in years past but could not get that vote done. What do you make of Josh Harris and what he brings to the league? I mean, I think you see the Sixers and the Devils, which he's a co-owner of, you know, they're doing they're doing pretty well. I mean, they're going to be contenders uh, for both their both their the NHL and NBA postseason their their respective playoff runs. I think, you know, he also is from Maryland. He is he, he is from the D.C. area, so he understands what this team meant to a lot of people his age. I mean, probably 
anybody older than I would say 35, I would say probably forgot about what the, what the team was like, um, you know, in the eighties, nineties, and maybe the seventies when they were, you know, Joe Gibbs and the hogs and everything else. And that all went away. It's kind of, it's been, uh, it's, it's all been, it's been, uh, it's been investigations. It's been, um, it's been, uh, you know, reports of workplace, a toxic workplace allegations. It's been everything but football here. And Dan Snyder only went to the postseason six times as owner. You know, that's what it comes down to as well. Uh, Josh Harris, I think he's, he, he's, he's, uh, he, he, he didn't, uh, he kind of lost out last year. He did lose, lose out last year with the Broncos. Much better prepared this time. His ownership group, uh, obviously, um, the, the names that we do know are you know, very familiar. Um, at least uh, if you, oh, Mitchell Rails is mostly local if you're in our community. But yeah, the, but this is, this is a very solid group. And I think, uh, you know, even though this was the only option, it, it's not a bad one. And the next team likely to be sold will be the Seattle Seahawks. And there's an obvious name in that area that would make sense in Jeff Bezos. My question, AJ, is can you be too rich for the NFL? Is there a level of wealth like with Bezos where the other owners say, you dwarf all of us and we're not comfortable with that? If it was baseball, I would say. If it's Major League Baseball, I would say yes. Any sport with a hard cap or even a soft cap, not so much. I mean, there, you know, there's, uh, you know, you're, you can build a very nice stadium and draw a lot of fans to it. You can make more money that way, but you have to share a lot of that revenue, um, maybe outside luxury boxes. You have to share that revenue with other owners. Now, the, what you can do is build this team back up to where it was uh, when Dan Snyder bought it, which was a top three market, top three TV market, a top three in home attendance. They can build that back up again because they're down at the bottom of both right now, and that's one way you can increase revenue, increase value. You know, I think you're 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 buying a fixer upper, which is hilarious. It's a six billion dollars for a fixer upper, the most sports, the most most of the sports franchises ever sold for. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's like it's they're gonna there's gonna be so much work that needs to be done, and there's gonna be a honeymoon period. Everybody's gonna be loving Josh Harris probably uh, probably throughout the season going into you know going into 2024. But eventually, you're going to have to make progress on the stadium and make progress uh, with the with the winning team. And outside of a quarterback, I think they're actually have a decent shot. Does that honeymoon period extend to stadium deals, local government, everyone in the area immediately signing up to work with Josh Harris and his group just because it's not Daniel Snyder? Yes, that's going to be huge. I think that's that's going to be a a, 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 a very big part of it. I think there is to, to, he needs, and he, this is why this is good, good that he has experience in pro sports. He knows about marketing. He knows about sponsorship. He knows how to run a team. Uh, Snyder really never got that. He didn't put the emphasis in the right places. Cause you know, the turnover and them bouncing a 50, 50 raffle ticket last year, little things like that don't happen or should not happen outside of minor league sports. I mean, stuff like that should, we're talking about the NFL, this team, makes money every team in NFL makes a lot of money this team isn't making as much money as it should given the market size but this is Harris knows the game Harris knows the area and Harris knows you know how to put the people in the right spots and let them do their work he's not going to be Jerry Jones he's not going to be meddling like Dan Snyder did up until Maine he stepped away last couple seasons but he was so hands-on especially early in his career firing Norv Turner running out Charlie Casserly trying to bring Joe Gibbs back there's so many things that he he did that just set the team back every single step. So now they're going to be able to move beyond that. Now the fans want to change the name back or change the name to something else. You know, that's going to be after the stadium and after getting the revenue streams up, I think the fans are going to be uh, kind of demanding if there aren't already a name change. AJ Perez, front office sports senior reporter, uh, covering this and so much more across the, the sports business aspect of what is a, a, a 
I mean, the billions that are shared throughout this league compared to the other leagues are just crazy uh, for the sales of these franchises. And we'll see a couple more maybe on the horizon the next several years. AJ, thanks so much for, for taking the time today, and we'll, we'll continue to have you pop back on as news, news progresses. Sounds good. Thanks for having me back on. Thanks, AJ. AJ Perez there, front office sports. The, uh, so the Bezos uh, deal, you know, he decides he's not going to submit a formal offer, right? Tiltman Fertitta, he had bid, what, $5.5 billion. He wasn't, he said, no, that's, I'm not going any higher than that. He's not going to get into a bidding war, which is what Snyder wanted to turn this into. And Fertitta backed out, or just kept his this, formal this, offer. Yeah, that was it. He and, wasn't going But high. by doing that, backed, backed out. out. Yep. And then Harris said, hey, we're fully financed, here we go. And you have Bezos who didn't make the formal offer because I think he also saw the troll job on the horizon. Yeah, and I know um, Charlie Gasparino at Fox Business is reporting that it was possibly other NFL owners that did not want Jeff Bezos as an owner in the NFL. I asked A.J. Perez about that, and he said likely not the case, given that um, it would be Major League Baseball that would be more fearful. I can see it both ways. Like there's well, such they just an let ego. a Walton in. Huh? They just let yeah, a Walton yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. But also – Jeff Bezos, he's quite a bit more than even Rob Walton, I think. Yeah, but Rob Walton's worth uh, just net I mean, he's, they're worth both, $55 billion. They're both the top next, 10. Kroenke's second at 17. I'm pretty sure I they're mean, both top a, five or 10 in the world. But as far as gap is concerned, that's a massive gap yeah. compared to the next best wealthiest owner. I can see it one of two ways. The owners could say, this guy's more of a celebrity than me and has more money than me, and they've got such enormous egos, they don't like that. The other way I look at it is, boy, Jeff Bezos is now one of 32, just like me. We're on the same level. We have the same voting privilege, same rights, and we're going to make the same revenue in a lot of ways. So that could be appealing to someone also. Again, Seattle's coming up after 2024, and then who knows what happens with the trust with the, the, the Bears on the horizon as well. A lot uh, when it comes to the sell of the franchises, and the price tag only goes up. The Rays... Making history. Details next.